0: Hello and welcome to Meet the CEO, a series of short, sharp podcasts that explore how CEOs really think. My name's Matt Crabtree, I'm the founder of Positive Momentum and in each episode of this podcast series, we'll be asking CEOs of real businesses to share with us why on earth they wanted to become a CEO in the first place, what do they do when no one's watching, what do they find really tough and what are the best lessons they've learned from others. So, whether you're already a CEO, might want to be one one day, or just have to deal with CEOs from time to time, we promise to get you the no-nonsense lowdown on exactly what it takes to make happen, well, whatever it is you need to make happen. This is Meet the CEO. My guest today is Mike Wolfrey. CEO of Vixio, the leading provider of regulatory intelligence to the gambling and payment industries. Vixio helps businesses globally to make timely, informed decisions to mitigate regulatory risk and capitalise on new opportunities. Serving many of the world's biggest brands, Vixio provides real-time information and insight in more than 180 jurisdictions and across more than 10 million data points. Mike, welcome to Meet the CEO. Good afternoon, Matt. Nice to see you. And you too, sir. Thanks for coming on the show. Now, you've held senior executive positions at Informa, uh, at EMAP, now Essential, um, Ovum. And I think you've now been at Vixio as a CEO for approaching three years. So let me start by asking you the question we
1: ask all of our guests. Why did you become a CEO? Cracker to start with, I think I've listened to a couple of other podcasts and a few others have made that comment. Um, but for me, I think it's, it's a cliche to say it, but I, I never intended to be a CEO. There was certainly no master plan. Uh, I, I've taken a rather ad hoc route, I guess, to senior leadership roles. Um, and I sort of stumbled into career in media, business intelligence. Uh, and from that point, I've always tried to, to just be a bit better, get better and improve. And if you do that, that's ultimately what moves you forward. Um, sometimes without really knowing your destination. So it's by no means deliberate. And I think in my early years of my career, I very much sort of stuck by a piece of advice that was pick a boss, not a job. Um, it's people that give you opportunities in life, not the job. And I, I think that's always worked for me. So I, I know we talk about influences later, but I was lucky enough, I guess, for a combination of circumstances and timing and having somebody more senior who sees something in yourself that you may not and that combo gave me a chance to be a, a, a CEO um, first time up. Um, I, I enjoy building and leading teams and the CEO CEO roles, I guess, have been a, a culmination of that to, to some degree. And I've always been far more attracted by the, the nature of the project rather than the title itself. Um, fixing stuff, accelerating performance and the challenge that comes with that or what's me? what makes me want to get up in, in, in the morning. And ultimately that leads w- you towards a CEO or a leadership type role, not to sort to, to of focus on that title. Well, like, strangely, I had to be talked into being called a CEO myself first time up. I, I was much more keen or comfortable just being called a managing director. So it, it, it's interesting how these things sort of impact you. So I had to have my arm twisted to some degree and we'll, we'll talk about influences later. Now it's one of the questions you're going to come on to, but I was lucky enough, for a combination of circumstances and timing and having somebody more senior to, to give me that chance and on the way into there i listened to a couple of editions of the, these podcasts one of the beauties of being back on a bit of a commute you get the, the podcast time back uh, and somebody i'm not sure which one somebody said um, you shouldn't be in too linear approach to to getting to your ce role i i'd endorse that 100 percent i was actually working my notice at the, at, at the central that is now when i got the chance to take um take the role so it's all about timing i guess um one of my aims as well i guess one point to run, one is, it, is to make sure that you in ways i enjoy you send the elevator back down so I, i've talked about how people gave me the chance so one of my motivators of leading any organization is to equip others uh, to be a better version of yourself is such a, it's a bit of a cliche a bit of a statement thing but it's something that i enjoy and if you can see somebody following your footsteps or opening a door that like somebody else did for me then that brings a smile to their face and that's that's what it's about
0: yeah i mean listen maybe it is a cliche but if as a ceo you don't enjoy helping others to be the best of themselves then really what are you doing in the job so um i i think you you echo it and live it mike so thanks ever so much for that let's go on and talk a bit about about the day to day, as you'll know, we love talking to CEOs about what the day to day is, and almost sort of opening up a little behind the scenes. What part of your day is sacrosanct? What do you preserve at all costs, if anything?
1: Yeah, that's one. Like all of these, that really make you think. And I guess the right answer might be to say spend time with the family, and that is of course true, and and something you constantly need to be mindful of, and. Surrounding yourself with the right people doesn't stop the professionals, all right? It doesn't start, stop there. Um, uh, I could have also said, probably in a past life, it would have been the 70 minutes a week I used to play hockey. But age and a dobby, dodgy hip have, have perhaps caught up with me. And the reason I would have said hockey, because it was a period of time where where my brain couldn't wander. And it takes you 100% away from what is, what's going on. And, and you're very much offline that is clearly important is you can't run at full speed at all times. And before you ask, that's not a metaphor for how I play hockey, uh, but you can't be on all the time. So I think that that, but I am very much a routine person. How I work is is, is pretty formulated and I'm quite set in my ways. Um, some might say that occasion occasionally leads to stubbornness. Um, but having said all of that, the reality is that the first sort of 60 to 90 minutes in the morning is that time. I've always been an early starter partly due to my very formative career. I was a civil engineer of all things before I did media and business intelligence. And, and then when I was at Informer, we very much delivered services that were were to global clients. So the US came online, Asia went off, Europe in the middle. And I really sort of hated arriving to work to hear things that happened overnight or happened early in the day, secondhand just the way I was and, and that I guess combined with a longer commute just meant I was an earlier kind of guy and that stuck with me and that now helps me map out the day. It's also when I feel I'm at my most creative. So if I need to do thinking or I need to do something I need to get my head on, uh, I do my best stuff early in the morning. And that can be quite transactional today stuff, but it also can be, here's a thing that I know I've got to go and do and, and work that out. So, um, I would say it's that first 60 to 90 minutes where I sometimes can be sat in our office. I'm certainly at home, I'm sat on my own. uh, And you just get a bit of, and I sometimes resent that I put stuff in the diary from nine o'clock because I might be flying and and the drawbridge sort of comes up because it's nine o'clock. One final, I guess, one final point on time use and priorities. uh, An early start for me also allows an earlier finish. And I mentioned family at the start. So it's great for family stuff um i have two two sort of an 11 year old and a 13 year old they do things it's good to be able to support them in those things if that's sport or learning whatever that may be um and that's something actually the lockdown world has helped because the the 90 minute commute that i would have either end of my day is gone so you can seamlessly segue into it so i think i think it's really important that you have that structure as your day because people see that and, and equally it's important they see the boss horrible word losing leaving to do things that matter because do as I do not do as I say kind of stuff so um, I think that's important.
0: It's really interesting the more and more of these we do Mike and you're a great sponsor of us doing these the more we shine a light on the fact that CEOs really do focus on balance. And I think there's often a perception that that you don't, you don't have time, you're 24 seven and it's all on. And there's a huge proportion who, who, as you've heard, you know, focus at the beginning of the day and, and also make sure they get that family balance. I really get the hockey thing, by the way, that is so good about, you know, when you when you play, your brain can't wander. I often think of
1: about about skiing. I don't know if you- Yeah, you, skiing, you got, the same. skiing is the same, exactly the same. You can't, your phone's got to be in your pocket. You can't do anything Exactly. skiing actually is probably almost replaced hockey. I used to do, I still ski, I don't play hockey, but exactly the same.
0: And I find that those are the best holidays. Actually, I'm going to lie on a beach. I find myself, if I'm not very careful, I start thinking about work. Whereas if you're oh. skiing,
1: you start thinking about work, you are in trouble. You? Yeah. So- you're, you're wearing powder. <laughs> I, I totally agree, actually. And I think, and for me, those things, I, I, I do two or three ski trips. I'll do a family one. I'll do one with the boys and I'll do one, which I'm trying to take my two kids because we do a group one and they are massive resets because you look forward to them you enjoy them and you go for the next one it just recharges it's cliched it recharges batteries and all those things but they are something to look forward to the summer holiday is great it's in the sun but when you're laying there reading something you can read anything and you can you could read the latest positive positive momentum blog or something and you you suddenly you're back to it
0: and there would be nothing wrong with that, right? I no, mean, no, let's no, be of very course clear. I Each mean, <laughs> yeah. east, east, east the right. to their own, exactly. <laughs> Listen, moving swiftly on. Um, challenges. Um, you know, you've you've already shared some of the different places you've been and the different contexts you've worked in. What, what's is there a particular challenging event or situations that, that's taught you the most as a as a CEO, Mike?
1: Yeah, I, I think I would go with it, it's it's more of a personal one rather than, than, than a business scenario. And that was actually walking away from my first role as a CEO. As I mentioned before, I got the job somewhat unexpectedly, and it brought with a certain set of specific objectives. That was ultimately to sell a a series of business. And after two two to three years, I kind of got to the point where new experiences um, were becoming less so and perhaps less fun, All right? And plus the mission, understandably, had changed a little bit. And I was confronted with the situation that if I was to stick around, it was really for just the pot of gold and, and less for the thrill of the chase. Um, so I didn't, and I stepped away. And I guess I learned two things from that. The first is that life is too short. And if you're not, and that's ever more so true in recent times, but if you're not loving it, stop doing it. And now I left with no plan, something that ever works for me and know where you're going rather than just leaving. But i left with no plan but it allowed me to work out uh, what i really wanted to do and perhaps more importantly what i thought i was good at um and the second was actually the treatment from duncan who we'll mention a, a bit more in a moment but he was equally good to me on the way out as it as he was as i as he was to me on the way in so he didn't recruit me he promoted me but when i then decided it wasn't right the decency was there on both sides of the coin and it's a i think it's a great lesson in how you can break up with people, people break up, people don't always work out. Um, But for me, that was, that was a, was a good, good thing. And it's something I would look to those scenarios happen again for me in the future. Very
0: good. Very good. You do. I think you're absolutely right. You do learn a lot about a person and an organization when you leave, don't you? You really do learn what the organizational integrity is when you leave and you, as you know, you you and I were working pretty closely together when that happened in your career, and both the integrity that you had, as well as the organisation had, and I suspect the person we might be about to speak about in a minute had. Yeah. Um, It's all too rare, actually. But when that happens, it's uh, people in the organisation know it sets a tone in the organisation, and people remember that stuff. We have long memories. It's a, quite a thing.
1: Very true, and, and in fact, I think some of my, my peers, uh, sort of, or those around, sort of when I departed was more about the how rather than the sort of how is it done and almost, was it done humanely? <laughs> yeah. to sound like we're it. And uh, as I said, I couldn't be, uh, it was, it was remembered for the fond, fondest of reasons rather than something that could have been remembered for the, all the wrong reasons. So that that teaches you a lot.
0: All right. So let's talk about him then. Who has most influenced the way you lead, Mike?
1: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to cop out again, like a bit at the start. I, I don't think it's one person. I think every leader will have a number of influences along the way. And, and that's certainly truth to say of myself. But And this ranges, ranges for me, not just from bosses, but equally from the people that you've worked with. I, I think I'd be shaped with those who, who are lucky to lead or, or be peers or be seniors. Um, they all offer perspective. And something that gets harder the further you go, I find, is that it's quite hard to solicit feedback as a CEO. It, it, people talk about being a lonely place. One of the things around it is that you don't have those people who are telling you that, you maybe got something something a bit wrong. So I've always tried to just take that feedback around my organisations and get that from every angle. So, so um, I, but I would say it's probably two to three bosses um, in commas that that have shaped how I do things. One obviously is the guy that introduced us, Matt, which is which is Painter at essential. But equally as important is a another former Informer and former an EMAP CEO, current chair actually of Vixio, David Gilbertson, both very, very different leaders, but the simplicity of their communication and the ability to succinctly portray a direction of travel is a constant theme for me. So that David, our chairman and, and Duncan were very great use of words and just setting where we're going, right? We're, we're climbing that mountain and this is how we're gonna do it, away you go. And it becomes some of the detail, you work it out, but the, the mission is clear. Um, alongside all the positives for me, I think think it's really important that you recognize the bits that you like and resonate with you, but equally the ones you don't. So I think in both of those cases, they are things I said, actually, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it that way. This all for me gets mashed together and you get your own version of being a leader. And, and if you're not yourself and you don't compute it for you, and we talked about it a bit off off air, um, if you're not authentic and believable, which is a massively important quality for me I think people see through it and you lose your mandate as a leader. Absolutely essential that you, uh, sometimes as leaders, we have to act. Okay. And we have to be in a different mode, but that's different to not being authentic. So I think that's vitally important that you pick the bits, you work it out, you throw the stuff overboard. You constantly iterate that because you're not, you're never the finished article. um, But you, you work out, you work out the things that you want to keep and the things you don't want.
0: It's so true, isn't it? We often see that on the public stage, don't we, that you you are looked at so much, uh, you know, politicians are, but also as a CEO, everybody's watching you. And the minute you're not real, and you know, I know one of the two people you mentioned uh, very well, they're real people, they're behaving authentically, and you then become uh, in some part a version of that but it's still real it's still who you are because you're developing as a leader all the time we all are aren't we I think people sometimes think when you've when you have become a CEO your development is done and it's quite the opposite just just starting just Just starting starting, right absolutely all right now let's talk about uh leaders developing let's talk about executive teams you've you've sat on plenty and uh, and you've led a few what's the secret to an
1: executive team mike well i think the clues in the question isn't it It, to to some degree it's a team and, and teams have many diverse components but it's been said many times before a team is a group of people not a collection of individuals um, so having for me having a common goal and that's really important here where we are at pixio having a common goal and line of our own individual values are, are crucial to allow some of the team traits or great team traits to flourish um, you won't get the challenge the connection or be comfortable in vulnerability be able to ask for help or be in a position to hear a request for help if that connection or foundation isn't there trust is key a, a very simple word but not always simple to do, um, but vitally, vitally important. I, I think it's really important that you come at the team. It's important that you know what you are yourself. I, I think in my case, I think I'm the I'm connector. I think is how I see it, but also the role that you don't play or can't play, and in turn, making sure you plug those gaps and you don't, simple stuff you don't hire to kind, but you make sure that you're comfortable where you are and where you're not. Um, for example, I would say I'm not the most strategic of CEOs, And by having the right team around me, it will help shape the right strategy and make make up for any potential shortcomings. Um, And whatever the skill sets of the team are, they should be diverse. The values, the principles need to be aligned. But life is too short to have people that have different motivations. I'm not sure I can say it, but a no dickhead's policy is important for me. You can Um, say it. (laughs) I can say it, brilliant. I'm not one for quoting, actually. I'm not really one for quoting books and stuff, but... There's a quote from a business book about the All Blacks, the rugby team. It's called Legacy, if anybody wants to read it. And it is a Maori co- a quote that says, a little water seeping through a small ho- hole can sink a canoe. And, and I think that, and certainly in a business of our size, we are a, a business that's going from owner, founder, to a, to, to a grand business. It's really important that we are really tight on that. It's quite deep for me, but I think it's quite spot on. And if a team is right, you can trust that the people's motivations are genuine and pure. And when you do things or things go wrong, or you disagree. It's a sign that you're functioning well, but there will be times when views different and they have to. They have to. Uh, and as somebody else I used to work with used to say, it's only fun when you fight. Uh, so I think that's absolutely spot on
0: it's only fun when you fight oh there's a lot there's a lot there Mike and, it, and it's really good I, I also want to really echo, echo that legacy book is is great to your uh, comment that you made I don't know if you've read the Netflix uh, book no rules rules but Reed Hastings talks at Netflix about no brilliant jerks no brilliant jerks you know yeah, I, I yeah. kind of don't care how good you are you know if you're gonna behave in a jerky way you know you're not for us yeah. and it's It's challenging at exec level, isn't it? Though, because these are the people often at the top of the games.
1: It is, and I've been lucky enough to somebody here that we've we've transitioned a business, and I can I've I've picked my team and transitioned my team, and therefore they know this is how this is what this is. These are non-negotiables, and almost there's plenty of people with the right toolkits, marketing, sales, everything else. But having that sort of same sense of what matters and how you go about things—that's the—that's the key because I think you can go uh, without wanting to sort of belittle things or diminish them you can go and find those toolkits but it's the it's the skill set it's the it's the quality and um, of, the, of the individual perhaps then sets that aside and makes them makes a, a team a, a great team
0: absolutely absolutely now Mike we're, we're uh, coming towards the end of running out of time a little bit so let me ask you a couple of last ones what's big on your horizon i mean you're in the uh, regulatory intelligence business uh in payments and gambling burgeoning industries but uh maybe you have changes on your horizon that are to do with that or in or in other areas what's big on your horizon like
1: yeah. i think i i think i focus on a couple of things actually and they're not so much around the industries we serve but more uh, our business is totally different by people we sell a service we don't make things we don't have a factory so people are even more important so um and now we're already on a a journey. I can't actually believe I've said that. I can't stand the use of the word journey. It's banned within my organization. <laughs> but we're, we're transitioning from an owner founder business to, as I said before, to a bigger, more grown up entity. You could almost call it second album syndrome to some degree. Um, and recent events have just given it a massive boot up the backside. So, from us, the immediate to midterm is working practices and adapting to a hybrid method as we seek to grow both here in the UK and the US where our office is. And, and this ranges from access to talent building culture, motivation, well-being, and all, the, all this in a different and unknown way. I think it's important that we all, staff, leaders, whoever, realise that we don't have the answers and placing all of our bets right now about how we do things might be a bit foolhardy. I, I, I guess further down the road for us, um, there'll be a likely change of investor. We're private equity backed by great partners in Kester Capital. We're approaching our second anniversary of our management buyout. And whilst the pandemic may have changed the potential investment cycle, um, we're like to reach some sort of crossroads in the not too distant future. So that's a new challenge for us as a group. Some of us are here when we sort of led the MBA; many of us not. So that's a so there's a here thing, which I think will stretch for a long time. It's not going to be solved in 21, 22. It's going to go on forever. Uh, but that presents a very real challenge for us now, especially when we then look at the potential changing of the investor landscape.
0: That's very exciting. Very exciting. Uh, Nearish term future for you and the team. And we shall uh, we shall watch it with great interest. Um, One last question, then the uh, standard question we ask at the end of this podcast, which is uh, for those who might be thinking one day that CEO could be for them or even for people who just have to work with CEOs regularly. Three three quick bits of advice for anyone aspiring to the role.
1: Yeah, this is actually the one that I probably found hardest to. I looked at it just to narrow down because there's lots of things you can do. But it might be true in any role, but ask lots of questions. Be that of your team, your clients, and at times of yourself, actually. Learn to ask questions to challenge and not just the sake of asking questions. Sometimes people can do that. Ask questions to all of the team. It's a great way of making them the centre of attention, the chance for you to give them your time in parallel. I, I like that. And equally, don't let people defer to you just because you're the most senior person in the room. That's very true in a business our size that's being was led in a certain fashion, there's a lot of deference. I think the point is, well, you're here because you have a better view than I, so so give it to me. Um, You're often not the best person to know the answer. So that's number one. Uh, Number two, I'm sure that everybody else would have said this, but build your network, invest in relationships that you may need later on. Um, That is invaluable in both keeping you sane and also practical help for you and potentially your team. So leveraging your network, if it's mentoring, coaching, just general, somebody you can give them a steer. That's fantastic. I I also think the more diverse, the better. I mean, I've worked the last 20 plus years in business information so getting a view from outside of that works really well. So completely different industries. Something I've tried here is just finding people that may look like us from a sort of size and, and sort of position rather than industry. So that's, that's important. I guess, finally, um, Whilst pressure is to some degree a bit of a privilege, life is too short, I said earlier on. So if the juice is not worth the squeeze and you're not enjoying it, find something else. The title does not really matter a jot, it's about enjoying what you do and do something where you feel that you can contribute both for the business, yourself and the team that you lead. So if it's not right, don't do it just because you're called CEO that's
0: brilliant what a fantastic note to finish on if the juice is not worth the squeeze do something else um mike that was uh, so great talking to you you know you've talked to us about you know how to pick a boss not a job you know to go into a role you've talked about going out of a role and transitioning into other things you've talked about getting the right people around you you've talked actually about operating just towards the end there as as you know what they do often call in cabinet that you're supposed to be the first among equals you know the prime minister theoretically is the first among equals and that not allowing too much deference to happen in those spaces is great huge amounts of focus on building diverse teams and I know from a personal experience you've been world class at that so listen from all of us at Positive Momentum um, thanks so much for the opportunity to work with you over these years and we wish you the very very best in whatever lies ahead for Vixio and for you personally thanks so much for joining us Mike.
1: Pleasure Matt thank you.
0: Well, another packed and thoroughly entertaining Meet the CEO Masterclass again there, this time from the inimitable Mike Wolfrey. From using hockey, or maybe even skiing, to get some much needed headspace, through to building executive teams, where to coin the Maori phrase, not a single person allows a drop of water to seep into the canoe. Mike really is the epitome of the lifelong learning CEO. Willing to be vulnerable when the moment calls for it, but confident to take the big calls when the moment demands it. Thanks again to Mike and of course to you for listening. If you've been a subscriber for a while, we'd be really grateful if you could give us a rating on whatever is your chosen platform. If you're not a subscriber, well then come on over and join the party. And until we speak again next time, I wish you all the best in your endeavours and look forward to welcoming you to the very next Meet the CEO.